you know, that's part of my success, I think. But also sometimes it can be good and it can be bad, right? But I always just like jumped into new things. And 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 I love, I just love that. I think it makes life exciting. And and I just want to advise women to, to do it. Don't, don't stay because it's comfortable. Get a little bit uncomfortable. It's good to get uncomfortable and then finding your way in life. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. It's not an overstatement to say my next guest is one of the most fashionable women on the planet. I'm so excited to share my honest conversation with Anina Bing. She was in Sydney in late 2019 to celebrate the opening of the first Anina Bing Australia store in Paddington, marking the 15th opening since she started the brand from her LA garage in 2010. Anina's success story is one born from humble beginnings, hard work, and a dedication to exploring and expressing her creativity. She grew up in a small village in Sweden of just 8,000 people, and by 15, she'd already travelled the world as a model. What we learn in this episode is it was those early, more nomadic days that shaped the Anina Bing brand we know and love today. Anina shares her journey from modelling to music, then blogging, and how she leveraged her Instagram following to start her now-global fashion company. She also shares the key roles they brought in along the way, her early creative process, how it has evolved with the brand's see-now-buy-now model, her reflections on motherhood, her relationship with her phone, and what she does to find some calm within her big and busy life. She was warm, kind, down-to-earth and generous with her time. I hope you adore our honest conversation. Here's Anina and I for Offline. You have to start by telling me how the koalas were. Oh my God, that was the cutest thing I have ever experienced. So my friend Tosh uh, texted me before I got here and she's like, I'm going to take you to see something typical Australian. So she took me to see koalas and kangaroos and that was just the most amazing experience ever. I have to say, I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. And I just had this guilt because I'm Australian and I live here and I could go to the zoo Every single day if I wanted to, but mm-hmm. I've never been to the You've zoo. You've never been? I've been to the zoo, but yeah. I've never seen the koalas. Like I've never 
touch one or held oh. one or she's on a board of the zoo so she took me kind of backstage or whatever you call it right where they where you can actually feed them and get so close to them and it was just the most oh amazing experience so cute. I was thinking about your kids I was like I Damn. know I felt so guilty <laughs> doing that without them but I took lots of photos and and bought them little teddy like little koalas cute uh, you like to take where mom is <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to bring them back yeah Tash is um divine and she's amazing so did you guys meet through industry or yeah we met yeah. about seven eight years ago when I started my brand and she has just been incredible supportive since day one and she's wearing my brand and mm. she looks amazing in the clothes and and we just became good friends and yeah. she's such a lovely person no, she's so nice and yeah. I love all that work she's doing no she's with the zoo I know yeah. it's amazing and conservation yes and yeah I'm so glad and it's just nice like I know when you like I know you haven't been to Sydney Never before. I was before. It's my first time, yeah. But even when you're traveling international, we were just saying we're so far away and quite yeah. often, even when I was doing it the other way, you're only there for three or four days. So it's just so nice to see that you had some time just yeah. to kind of like take I in I really was landscape. so important to see something, you know, because uh, my schedule has been insane packed since I arrived Monday and... And, but I booked those two hours just to go and do something for myself. Yes. And we were saying you've opened your store in Sydney, which yeah. is so exciting and you're Thank happy you. with it so happy it's like, beautiful no i am so incredible happy and australia we wanted to open here for many years australia has been a huge market for us on our e-com um, and wholesale business so to open a store here has been a goal and now it's finally open i know and i was reading you might open melbourne as well no <laughs> we haven't found the spot quite yet but uh that's that's the goal that's the tricky thing here it's the real estate because we are relatively small yeah and you have to get in those like high exactly. foot traffic areas, don't you? The good thing is we are a destination place. So it's just about finding that cozy vibe, you know, for the store that we want for our Anina Bing stores. Well, it looks incredible. So congratulations. Thank you. Very global now. Very. All the way <laughs> Australian Island. Um, I wanted to go rewind. Mm -hmm. I like to kind of start my honest conversations at the beginning, mm -hmm. you were born in Denmark yes. and you grew up in Sweden. Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your childhood and what your memories from childhood are. I have this weird thing where maybe it's some sort of trauma, I don't know. I can't remember a lot of my childhood vividly. It's I'm interesting. Right. Okay. Why is that? Because some people remember everything. everything. And I don't know why. We grew up, we were five siblings. Uh, grew up in Denmark in a little village. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. My dad worked with homeopathic medicine. Uh, oh, wow. So it was a very like simple childhood. Uh, it was a very creative place. We all played instruments and kind of made our own clothes. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we kind of just had to make the best out of what we had. Um, it was a good, you know, good, but I'm like you. I don't remember it's all weird. these. It's so weird. But then... We moved to Sweden when I was 10. My dad got a job there. So maybe it's because we moved around. I, I don't know why. I don't, like, but it was a, it was a good childhood. Um, chaotic with all these all these kids. But I love It was a chaos. big family. Yeah. But I love it. You know, I I love when there's, like, I only have two kids. and But I love when I have friends over and it's, like, chaos in a house. Yeah. Um, and then we moved to Sweden. I grew up there in a little village with 8,000 people. Um, but I realized early on that I wanted wanted more like I wanted to get out in the world and see see the world mm -hmm. I had that feeling as well I think you either have that in you 
or you don't, especially yeah. when you're from a small town. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of seed of an idea that eventually you'll probably leave. So yeah. you moved to LA, I was reading when you were 21. Yeah. Which is pretty young. Yeah, that is pretty I mean, pretty really young. to move quite far away. But you away. know, already as a 15-year-old, I started modeling and I traveled the world already as 15. I went to Milan by myself. I worked in Germany and South Africa. So, you know, I I loved traveling and I kind of just wanted to get out of that little mm. village and see something. So the step moving to LA, it was kind of natural. Yeah. And, and tell us about... The modeling days, like, I guess it's not like, there's some sort of um, relationship with that and what you do now, but not a lot. But I wonder, like, what was that time Um, like? You know, I traveled a lot. I, I learned a lot. A lot of the things that I know today is because of the modeling. You know, I, I got very independent, which was good because as a 15 year old, you have to, it was before iPhone, before all that, you know, so I landed in Milan as a 15-year-old, no phone, no nothing, and kind of just had to figure out life myself, you know, and I barely speak, uh, spoke English and definitely not Italian, you know, so oh it was uh, just like a way I, I grew up quickly and I learned how to be um, street smart and just like get through life, right? And and then I learned a lot about the fashion industry, uh, my passion for clothes and styling and all that, um, and I built up a great uh, contact net of people, so... Mm which was very useful the day I started my business. I knew all these photographers, makeup artists, models, and and just people all over the world, right, that I could yeah. then contact when it was time for me to launch well, my interesting. brand. interesting. We're always networking. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like I always no. talk about all of the jobs I did before I got the big mm-hmm. glossy job were the jobs that enabled me to yes. do that job yeah. as well as I did because so much of it was drawing down on my network and – and even just like knowing how to be in an office and how to work a phone on reception and how to talk to people. Exactly. And it's all experience. Networking is so important, I think, and something everybody don't, doesn't realize that, right? And I think it's so important to build that network, be kind to everybody and then help others. And then the day you need their help, they'll come and help you too, right? So, it's true. And yeah. I have to say, you you have a really incredible reputation. Hmm. So one of the first things people have said when I've said I'm interviewing you is, oh, my God, she's so nice and she's so genuine. No, that's so And I think there's maybe, do you identify with this that I'm from a small town as well? Do you think that's just who we are as people because we come from humble beginnings? Do you reflect on that very much? Maybe it is, you know, um, because nothing came for free. You know, we, I don't know how it was for you, but I had to work so hard to get where I am today. And so I really just appreciate everything so much. But I also, I just like when people are nice to each other. You know, I'm not a fan of, uh, sometimes in the fashion industry, people can be very, I don't know the word, but. uh, Serious? (laughs) It's very serious and not like so friendly always. And I just, I think. I, I I like being kind to people and, and when people are nice to me. I know. Well, you've got beautiful energy. <laughs> Thank you. You make me feel very comfortable. Um, tell us about being 21 in LA. Mm-hmm, that was... Yeah. What were those years <laughs> like? And Lots of anxiety. Um, it was, you know, mixed feelings. LA was so exciting to come to such an exciting, creative place. At the same time, I felt super lost, super lonely. Um, it was a mix of many things. Uh, I wanted so much, but still 
I don't know. I just it was a weird time, but I really grew from it. And and at that time I was modeling, but then I transitioned into starting a band. I did music for a couple of years. I didn't know this. Yeah, so which was incredible, and that's what I love about LA. Anything is possible there. You know, you come as a model, then you can become a singer, and then transfer into like building a big fashion label you know so but so the music years really helped me because I was so lost and that was like my way to express my feelings and write songs and get it out of my system so I, I did a record and and played in a band for about four years so wow. that was pretty cool can we hear this record you can it's on uh it's on iTunes and oh Spotify it's called kill your darlings was the name of my band kill your darlings yeah. I would say a lot of your fans would probably know that about you some of them, but I haven't yeah. really talked about the music mm. for a long time. So some of them might know, some might not. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I can see where the rock and roll um, aesthetic exactly. comes from. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that because I wanted to ask yeah. you about that kind of mix. Yeah, but it comes that from kind of comes days, from your music yeah. days. How interesting. Mm-hmm. And then um, you were quite early to blogging. Yes. Um, you were doing it for a decade before you obviously established your brand. Mm-hmm. Can you also tell us what it was like when you were starting out blogging? Because I'd imagine there was no Instagram. No, it was like then. 10 years before Instagram almost. It's, it's crazy. Like You know, in Sweden where I lived at that time, we were quite early there with blog. A lot of the Swedish girl started early with the blogging. And for me back then, I didn't think about it too much. It was I was traveling the world and I kind of wanted to report back to my friends and family. So that's kind of why I started my blog. And it was a mix of this is what I did today to this is what I'm wearing. I found this at the flea market. Um, I just had a avocado toast. You know, it was like a mix <laughs> of, of all these things. But then it grew into something bigger and I, and I got a really big following, which was amazing the day mm. I launched my brand. Isn't it incredible, like, when you start something with the intention of just reporting back to your friends and family, do you reflect on that, that because it came from such a pure place where Mm -hmm. you weren't trying to become Exactly. And it was so different back then. You know, now everybody wants to have a blog or like, yeah. But back then it was just so different. So, yeah, I didn't think about it too much. And Mm. and I always loved taking photos and I still do. And um so I always had a camera with me and captured the moments from all over the yes. world. Yes. And then do you reflect a lot on, I've been thinking about you in the lead up to interviewing you and that was kind of the perfect timing of that blogger turned brand. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of people want to do that now. Mm. And I just wonder whether, I don't know, like I'm not saying it's not possible no, but it's definitely harder probably yeah. to do it now. I, it was really good timing for me. I did it. You know, I saw the opportunity of, first of all, I had the following from my blog. And then Instagram had just launched when I launched my brand. And no other brands really used it as a tool back then. So I saw the opportunity to build my brand through Instagram. So um, that's that was the only marketing tool for the many first years. That was before the time all the brands paid these influencers money to wear the brand so all the girls wearing Anina Bing did it because they genuinely loved the brand. Mm. What do you think about all of that now like I mean even for you guys as a business engaging influencers to you wear know, your since clothes? Since we started with that so early we built friendships with them all you know so all the friends of the brand they wear it still because they 
They love the products, so we so we don't pay the girls. Yeah, interesting. Mm. It's just a funny time, yeah, because so much of what we're seeing on Instagram, it's not transparent. No. Anymore, if it's been paid or not. And I know you're supposed to outline when it is a partnership, but it doesn't always happen. No. Yeah, it's very different to how it used to be when it was more organic. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, everybody's got to make their living and all that, but I also feel sometimes some of the girls loses their own personality and style a little bit because all of a sudden they only wear the brands that pay them a lot of money, right? So it's a fine balance, I think. I know, because is that truly street style when you're being styled? Yeah. That's so kind that's, of what yeah. I've been toying with in my and, you mind. Know, everybody do what they got to do, right? Get, exactly. <laughs> and we all got to pay our rent. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I'm seeing now that, and you'll see this too, that turn to that very like neutral, like everyone's got that very artistic mm-hmm vibe where it's all the browns and the blacks and the creams. Mm -hmm. What I love about your brand is the consistency Mm. in that you aren't trend-led so much. Like there's an aesthetic and it's kind of the girl. Yeah. And I wanted to, yeah, talk about that girl as well. Yeah, and I think that's been important since day one. Um, We stay true to ourselves. We have our classic collections, which is about 30 pieces that's always there. So like the perfect building blocks for your closet, the perfect white t-shirt, blouse, black blazer, this skinny denim, uh, a pair of boots, you know, all those classic pieces. And then every week we launch this new products. And every week? Every week, yeah. Oh my God. That's I ever wow. since we started the brand, we've done the See Now by Now. And so we drop new styles every week and that's more like seasonal driven pieces. But my idea with the whole brand is to invest in your basic closet and just make it easy easy for women out there to get dressed in the morning. Mm. Where did you learn how to do this? And like, do you ever think about that? Like, where does that come from? Do you Are you just like a strategic person, do you think? Or how did you know what to do and... No, but, you know, I've been growing into the to where we are today. You know, when we started the brand, it was two pair of denim and a leather jacket and a T-shirt. And then slowly, you know, I realized kind of what all, at least what I needed in my wardrobe, right? And then I, oh, maybe other women want the same kind mm-hmm. of pieces and lifestyle. So, so I think I've just looked at myself and then made it into a business. Yeah. And then tell me about building a team. What was your journey like with finding your kind of core support? It's been quite a journey and that's the most important thing, you know, to build a successful business, to have the right people around you, right? So I started the company with my husband out of our garage about eight years ago and a few months into the brand, we could afford to hire the first person and we were really lucky that she, she was amazing and she's still with us today. Um, How did you know who to hire first? That's what question I get asked a lot is like, what do you need? Back then there's no titles, you know, like (laughs) you just hire people who are hungry and ready to roll up the sleeves because when you start something from the ground up, there's no titles, you know, everybody packs orders, everybody do a little bit of everything. So we just hired one who was ready to do the hard work. Mm, I think that's such good advice, especially for people listening who want to be involved in a pioneering brand or business, Yeah, it's just muck in. Like there's no, it doesn't matter what you're called. No. 
There, know, as long as you're paid a fair wage, of course. Of course. But beyond that. But it's then. nothing too big or too small. You just got to do it all. So my husband gave me a really good advice. You actually need to know every little part of the business to also then when you have a huge team to have a better understanding for what they're doing, right? Mm. So in the beginning, I packed the orders. I designed. I knew a little bit about production. I did marketing PR, you know, so I did it all. And customer service, I did it all, you know. So today when we have a team of 80 people, I have a better understanding for each team and what they're doing. Yes. So it kind of gives you, I guess, an element of confidence and control. 100%. Around how the business is operating. Yeah. Can you think about um, any really key roles that you brought in that you feel like really changed the business, maybe made it grow faster or I always think there's kind of that key player that usually comes in and... You know, uh, so Annika, who worked from us since day one, basically, she's our COO today. So she kind of like grew with us, right? And then I remember a few years into the business, that's when we needed like a head of e-com. Like then you need those more specific people, right? Um, marketing. Probably. Marketing, wholesale, retail. And then like our creative director is an incredible uh, Swedish woman who I know for so long and she knows my creative vision as well, you know, so, but I feel all roles are so important within the different areas, right? Uh, we just hired about a year ago our CFO. Um, oh, wow. You know, so there's all Gotta these. get that person in. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that didn't come in until like six years into the business. So, mm. so when you start up, you just got to have the hungry, hungry, hungry people. people. Yeah. yeah. And then can you talk a little bit about your, I guess, design and creative process today, has it changed a lot from when you first started? I imagine as the business has scaled, the speed in which you're obviously ideating has increased. Exactly. So when we started, it was kind of a one-man show, you know, me doing most of it. Is Uh, that you sketching? I don't sketch. Uh, So back then I just had to explain. I went down to Turkey to the factories and I explained kind of, this is the fit I want. Maybe I found a vintage T-shirt or a fabric or something. And then we kind of created it from there right so I have the vision in my head I know exactly what I want the end result to be and now when I have a design team they sketch right so we sit down every season when we do the collections and and we come up with the mood the concept and I I when I travel you know I get so much inspiration I take photos I find old vintage pieces I have so many pieces from my grandmother's closet you know it's like a mix of 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 everything right um and then we come up with the concept, then we design into it, and I still try on everything, every piece myself. Yeah. We, of course, have a fit model and all that, but it's still so important for me to see how how every piece fit on my body and how it makes me feel, because I want every piece to like empower each woman mm. that puts it on. So good. Yeah. And I guess you're... You're your own customer as well. It's yeah. this funny thing where you're actually designing for yourself as much as you are the woman. Hundred percent. And I only wear my own brand, so yeah. it's very important that each piece is. You always just looks so good. Oh, oh, honestly, what's your um, opinion been 
I know you've only been here for a couple of days, but Mm -hmm. I know you've seen a lot of Australian women wearing the brand, which is at dinner last night. I thought that was... I know, that was so weird. Was that the night before? (laughs) No, it was last night. We went for dinner and then we got seated at a table. It was crazy. I was like, what? Have they been placed there? I know. It was so sweet. Did you um, just tap them and say, hey? I was like, nice outfit, girls. (laughs) Did they realize? Yeah, they're like, oh my God. (laughs) They got so excited and then they were so sweet. They're like, it's a perfect brand. We can wear it to work, but still feel feel cool and yeah they loved it and that's so exactly so what sweet. you set out to do yeah what do you think about Australian style like from what you've seen so far it's very similar it's like a mix of Scandinavian style and the LA style I feel I, yeah I think the women here has incredible style and I get so inspired looking at at you also yeah good. it's good I know we're nice people aren't we very nice <laughs> no, but so like, I know a lot that? of Australian girls in the LA and they're all just so nice, mm. like really genuinely nice. Mm. It's I true. That. I don't know what it is actually. Why? Why are you so nice? <laughs> um, I guess we're just laid back and we're on the other side of the world. It's good you live in a little in your own little happy bubble here. I maybe. think so. And you know we've got such a beautiful landscape. Oh, it's amazing. And I know you've like been to Bondi. Yeah. Have you been to Bondi? Yeah, so that I've been like mm-hmm. just following your Instagram, like like, tracking your <laughs> mm-hmm. tracking your movements. I think um, we probably don't. I don't know. Maybe we take advantage of it a little bit because mm. anytime I do go to the states or Europe, yeah. I realize how lucky we are to have yeah. just such clean air and the air. There was space. F- yes, the first thing when I landed here, I told Ellie on my team, I was like, the air. It feels like landing in Denmark because yes. when I land in Denmark from LA. I can finally breathe again. You know, it's yeah. so crisp. And I felt the same thing landing here. Yeah. Do you go home Every lot? summer. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, we have a summer house. We just bought a summer house in Denmark. And yeah, so we oh, spend, we're going to spend the summers there. I guess that would be nice for your kids to have that kind of Yeah, I want them upbringing? to have that Scandinavian upbringing. So mm. at least in the summers. Tell us about being a mom and running a huge business. I don't, I don't really subscribe to that idea that, we can have it all at once, necessarily. No, you can have it all, but it's not necessarily perfect at all times, right? So mm. it's it was always my biggest dream to be a mom. So that's the most amazing thing in life for me. But then also I love running this company. So I just feel really lucky to be able to do both. And But it's super hard, you know, the first, especially when the kids were babies. I, I was I pregnant imagine. when I started the label and I had a little toddler so that was so hard I was so exhausted took naps on the floor between packing orders and um and it's been super hard but at the same time it's been incredible you know to be able to be a mom and and build this Mm. this label and also to show the kids how to work hard and and go for your dreams you know Mm -hmm. so I think I think it's been good but definitely hard and I have to work on being present like not being on my phone when I'm with the kids and then Kind of just when I'm in the office, I'm there. When I'm home, I'm there. And yeah, yeah, we're just talking about that goddamn phone. That phone. (laughs) Yeah, it's um Mm -hmm. sucks out the energy and the time, right? It does, and I'm seeing, as you will as well, like a real trend of this wanting to disconnect. Yeah, that's really exciting. I think just for us, I think we're all realizing that. I I think we're ready because. You know, you and I were just talking about what we're trying to do to just calm our nervous systems down mm. and just live a, I mean, it's not even a slower life. It's just if we can achieve some 
balance. Exactly. You know, but um, the phone for me, sometimes I look at it and it gives me a bit of heart, like the heart palpitations because I know what's in there. Do you ever I have know. that where you look oh, at yeah. it and you're like, if I pick that up, yeah, I, it's just going to be like the onslaught of email and um, tell us how you, <laughs> we were just talking about it, but how do you navigate having to respond? I mean, you've got such a big Instagram following as I know. well. So the good thing, we started at Instagram just for the brand about a year ago. So now, oh, okay. and that was a way for me to kind of be able to not having to be on all the time, right? So the brand is kind of living its own life. And then I run my own Instagram, but it, the pressure is not on as much because the brand is still there doing its thing. It has a lot of followers. And so I don't have to think about it all the time. But of course, when you have Instagram, you want to share the moments, what you're doing, and then all the million DMs that comes in, you know, and I, I'm that kind of person that want to get back to people. Me and um, So it's hard. I actually deleted Instagram just for a week, a month ago or two months ago, whenever that was, just to see how that break was, right? And it, it was so hard in the beginning because you're so used to just checking it all the time. The habit. But then it was really peaceful for a while, but then I needed for work, so... That's the hard thing, yeah. isn't it? Is we're building businesses that are reliant on us being mm-hmm. connected, but then at our core, I know. all we want is disconnection. Yeah. So it's kind of like we've created this weird world where exactly. we it's our own creation. We just got to like find it's hard. The balance is hard. But I think after I took that week break, I think I came back with a more healthy approach to it. So, yeah, versus just. Yeah obsessively exactly because that's what it becomes is a bit of a what is it like a compulsion yeah to check it exactly yeah you probably haven't ever had to deal with like much negativity on instagram or because like one question i ask a lot of my guests is like what's the emotional landscape of instagram for you like when you're on there how does it make you feel i think you've got a really generous fan base the nicest fan or whatever you call like the community um and I just try, maybe I'm also very neutral in the things I post. I just try to keep it very sweet, loving, inspirational, not like I don't bring up big discussions or anything, you know. So I keep it I keep it just how I want it. And that's what I get back, I feel, too. Everybody's mm. just so nice. I know that. I shared with Anina that because this podcast seeks to explore self and spirituality, I'm finding it increasingly hard to post anything too glossy on Instagram. She's also been a little more internal of late, sharing with her audience that she sometimes feels burnt out and that she started to meditate. I've been posting about, you know, my, when I've been burned out and, uh, and starting to take better care of myself, meditating, uh, working out, but without going too deep into things, you know, but just sharing parts of that world, because mm. I think it's important to be transparent as well and 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 inspire other to maybe take that step too, take to to take time. better care of themselves and find the balance because yeah. it's hard you know we all live so busy lives and it's hard to do it all how did you um come across meditation you were saying you do transcendental which is yeah. pretty much vedic it's the same school of mm-hmm. thought i guess how did you come across it it's about 7 months ago where i just felt burned out from just working nonstop for the past eight years. You know, it's hard building a company and I just never stopped. So 
about seven months ago, I just felt I need to make some changes to be a better mom, better wife, better leader. Um, so then I heard about TM meditation and I did a four days course and I mm. learned it and it's been amazing. And at that same time, I also started eating better, cutting out gluten, um, working out and just just taking better care of myself. And also another important thing, cutting out negative people in your life. Oh, that's yeah. that's a big one too, I think. Just mm. surround yourself with good energy, right? It just makes life so much better. I know. Have you got any advice for how we um, gracefully let go of those people? I find it challenging when they can't see mm-hmm. that you're trying to gently let it go. What was your experience like? Um it's something I've been doing, like, not only now, but, like, for the past 10 years. But also, you know, I'm so busy. So the little time I have, I want to spend either with my kids, my family, or my best, closest friends. You know, there's just not as much time to to all the mm. nonsense, right? So Yes. Um, tell me about your, I guess, journey as a leader, because we never really see ourselves as leaders, I don't think. We start mm-hmm. something it gains traction incredible. You start to create this business. Yeah. What's it been like being the boss? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see myself as the creative leader at, in the office. My husband, he's the CEO, so he's more the leader of the financial side and, and all that. But I am the creative leader and and I love that because it's I deal with creative people and we're all it's it's a different kind of people I feel and it's amazing. Um because I love what I do and I love guiding them and they inspire me and we inspire each other. It's, it's a teamwork, I feel. Um, mm. Even though, yes, I am the leader and I'm the one that takes the last decision on things. It's a really collaborative space and 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 I just love it. Mm, so good. And then tell us a bit about your day. Like everything from when you wake up in the morning to going to bed at night. I know every day would be yeah. different. Every day is different, but a typical day when I'm in LA and not traveling would be waking up maybe 5.30. I try to do my meditation. I don't meditation. do it every day, but yeah. it's it's if the kids are not waking up, then I have time to do that 20 minutes in the morning. Uh, then I'll make breakfast for the kids. Uh, most days I try to take them to school. If I can't, then my nanny will come and help me um, drop them off in school. Then I'll go into the office and then... I'm in all kinds of meeting all day. Anything from like buying and planning, what products, how many should we buy of each style, to uh, financial decisions, to being on an e-com shoot and making sure that I like the styling and everything, how it wow. looks. Um, then I sit with my design team, approve different styles, look at different leathers and fabrics for new upcoming styles. Um, reply to a million emails. Oh my god, the emails! <laughs> uh, yeah. Try to capture a little bit of in- on Instagram while I do it all. Um, it's it's really a mix of I'm involved in all aspects of the business. I would say, but mm. uh, would you say that's probably one of the main reasons it's been so successful because you are still so close to? Every, yeah, everything? I think it's good. You know, when you're there and have that contact with the team and mm. and yeah yeah I think that's very important yes um we have to talk about your style mm-hmm. um you're gonna blush but you're possibly one of the most stylish 
women on the planet. No. <laughs> Come on. You are. Everything you put on, I'm like, how? Oh. Um, <laughs> I wondered you. if you ever feel pressure around that in any way. Like what's your relationship with people dissecting what you're wearing? Interesting because, you know, I just stay true to my own style and within the business as well. It's not like I'm trying one season to be something just to be please other people. Mm. So I think I'm really confident in, I found my style. I know what I feel good in. Um, I know how to combine different pieces and and I'm always inspired, you know, to design new things. And so no, I don't feel the pressure from others. No, I just follow good. my 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 instinct and, mm. and go for what I feel my best in. Where do you think it comes from your your sort of innate sense of style and you were saying like it's interesting like the modeling mm-hmm. and how that gave you this ability to understand how to put things together and maybe yeah. fit and cut but have you always felt like some sort of relationship with fashion? I think so growing up my grandmother and I was really close she was from Brazil but lived in Denmark and I loved her style and I remember she took me to all these vintage stores in Copenhagen growing up and I always had my own style. It wasn't necessarily good at all times, but I, you know, I wasn't scared to try new things growing up. So I went through all the different stages. And I think as a 25-year-old, I finally landed in what I feel my best in and what looks good um, for me. And so I think just like by trying it all, then Mm. landing in what's best for you, right? And what's best for me might not be what's best for you. So it's just about finding out how you feel your best. Mm. How do you describe your style when someone asks you? It's very like classic effortless with a rock and roll twist, I would say. Yeah. You know, I love just throwing on a pair of denim, boots, t-shirt and either a blazer or leather jacket. Mm. It's just easy and yeah, easy, not too overcomplicated. It's interesting like I look at your style and watch your style and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to wear like everything you're wearing. <laughs> and then I have this other part of me that's like, I'm in Bondi. Yeah. And I just want to wear like linen and like, you know, just like slides and cruise of around. Course. And then when you travel, you're so influenced by what you're seeing overseas as yeah. well. But, um, but I think that's good advice just to land in what feels comfortable for you. And yeah. I'm a big advocate for that as well. Like you don't have to buy trends. No, you don't. But very rarely is there anything I've bought that say like the Balenciaga shoe of the season or yeah. like now there's a Bottega one exactly, that everyone's buying. That, yes. It's like they'll absolutely be good for a year. Yeah. But then after that, they're almost unwearable. Yeah. But do you think that's only in fashion circles? Yes, because nobody else cares. We Pop- would be like, oh my God, that's those old Balenciaga yes. shoes. <laughs> But, you know, and even if, but if you truly fall in love with one of those fashion pieces, go for it, you know, but don't do it just because it's a fashion piece. Does that make sense? Like, mm. just wear the pieces that makes you f- feel good, you know, and if it's a fashion piece, great. And if it's a classic piece that you can wear the next 20 years, even better. Even better. Yeah. The vintage shopping is just like oh, I love vintage a shopping. dream. Do you reckon you'll get a chance to do much while you're here? No. No. Next time, is vintage shopping good here? Um... Look, there probably isn't as much as we would like. No. Um, there's a couple of cute stores on Crown Street. Mm. Um, and I think there's still one in Paddington that's quite good. Yeah. So for Sydney, I'm sure there's others that other people yeah. know about. But um, 
No, it's probably not as good as what you would get in Europe or the States. Yeah. But um, but do you make a lot of time for shopping vintage? I love it. You know, we have great flea markets in LA, so I don't go as often as I would want to because every Sunday and on Sundays I spend the time with the family. But I go a couple of times a year and then I always find something like inspiration to a new denim wash or like a fit from an old vintage denim jacket that I apply into something. You know, it's just such a great way of just feeling and touching fabrics and and getting ideas to, mm. to new styles. I love it. It's the best way to get inspired. I know, I you make me want to shop vintage. It's been a long time since I know, I've done it. It's the best. And when you find those treasures, oh, that feeling of just so like, good. it's quite an achievement, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And you want it to be cheap, right? Like, with, yeah. like in LA, you can find these amazing pieces for $20, you mm. know, and I just love that feeling. Mm. Can we talk about your hair? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, like, a lot of people love your hair. Yes. And love your hair. I just cut it though. Did you? But, yeah. So now, see, it's kind of your length now. Because I had. Because you have had it quite short for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, you I grew had it, it and then I grew it and then I cut it again. So, yeah. But people, for some reason, yeah, they get obsessed with their hair. Um, yeah. Right now, yeah, it's kind of short again, but I, I like to change it up. Yeah. It's fun. It really suits you short. It does. Thank you. With a little bend. A little bend. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. And then, um, one thing that you do a lot as well that I love is red nails. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't, now I'm doing nude because on this trip I just did them myself and it's easy when you do the nude. Just like one coat of, is it sugar daddy? Sugar daddy. It's just so easy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I love a good red nail. I'm having a break. So I also have red nails all the time. Mm-hmm. And just all that shellac or that gel Oh, I can't do the gel. Oh, because otherwise they just chip so quick on me. So mm. I was doing that and then my nails were just getting Got, so I know bad. And I thought this yeah. is just not good. And then also like really should I be in here with the chemicals under the light every fortnight? Like that was starting to mm-hmm. play on my mind a little See, bit as well. you're going through a whole health. I love it. We are. <laughs> yeah. I know. Don't you think though when you started to meditate mm-hmm. that that just made you more aware of that stuff? That's what happened to me was when we, I guess, kind of close our eyes and transcend Mm -hmm. and we get in touch with that true part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. When you pop back up to the surface, everything looks a bit different. Yeah. It just makes you more aware of everything, right? It makes you more present and more just, you just realize what's important and what's not. (laughs) Red gel nails yeah. might not be important to you anymore. <laughs> Thank God. How vain. So my nails. Yeah. Like what about the bloody climate emergency? And No, I get it. But um, one of the best pieces of advice my meditation teacher gave me was, you know, when we learn to meditate, we have to be ready mm-hmm. for what comes after you learn the technique mm. because everything that um, – is irrelevant, yeah. becomes highlighted yes. for deletion in your life. Yes. And so by learning to meditate, we're actually committing to change. Yes. And that's pretty full on. That is full yeah. on. Do you feel like people have noticed the difference in you or? I think so. Um, and at least I can notice it in myself, which is so nice. I feel more present. I feel more awake. It feels like I just see more clear. It sounds so weird. Like it's, it was so blurry, the whole thing, because I was always so stressed and just running around and not being 100% present. So I 
the biggest change has been for me at least that I just feel and I'm not as tired anymore maybe that's also cutting out the gluten it has been a combination Mm -hmm. of many changes and less sugar and all that that you have been doing too but I just feel so much better you know I Mm. wake up 5 30 with energy and I go through the whole day without having to take a nap or feeling groggy you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's good I feel like this podcast is becoming like an ad for meditation (laughs) I talk about it all the time but it's um 20 minutes of meditation especially the transcendent technique Mm -hmm. that we do it's equivalent to three hours sleep yeah so, so no in wonder, terms of right? rest, yeah. and if you're doing that twice a day, mm-hmm. which I know we try to, but don't yeah. always get to, but even exactly. once, I feel like that's an achievement. Yeah. yeah. As a woman well and truly on her way with a global business, 80 team members and two kids, I was curious to learn about Anina's boundaries, both digital and professional. I've shared on the podcast before that I have a love-hate relationship with my phone and email and that my biggest concern right now is how quickly I can get caught up doing productive, busy work, like emails, DMs and meetings, versus my big, creative work. Actually, after this whole change, I also started putting more boundaries there. Like, I don't have to, everybody don't have to come to me for every little question, you know, so I kind of just guided them. Uh, I'm available this and this time, and... Uh, yeah, so I think I had to set up more boundaries in the business for sure and mm. just be more efficient with my time and my schedule and everything, right? Um, and same, like I don't have to go to every event I get invited to. You know, it's mm. good to say no to things, whether it's a work event or school event or a play, whatever. It, like, just do the things that actually are important to you. You don't have to be everywhere, everywhere. all the time, right? Uh, so I've definitely put up boundaries with my time. Um, and what I think else? that's the thing is when, then when we do go to things and we are there, it's actually really, really meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. sometimes I get worried where I'm like, fuck, I'm saying no so much. People are going to stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, <clears throat> I'm like, when I do go to something, yeah, I'm actually there. Exactly. And I want to be there yes. versus feeling like, oh, God, like, yeah. I've got this thing on. 100%. And, like, I realized my kids are growing up so fast and, like, I want to be home with them. You know, mm. I can't be out socializing to all these things, you know, and it, that doesn't really matter in the end. You know, like, my family is my number one. Thing. Yeah. And, and and of course, I still go out and, and I, I, when I, yeah, when I go out, it's so great, you know, then it's mm. fun to come out. But, yeah, just be margaritas <laughs> exactly <laughs> um have you yeah i'm interested in this because i'm we're going to start trying for a baby soon oh that's exciting yeah um have you surprised yourself in the role of mother like did you ever think about what you would be like as a mum, and are you different to what you thought you would be like i haven't thought about that too much actually i was ever since i was a kid i wanted a bit like i love babies so much and me too so that's like was my my whole life I wanted babies so and I never thought too much about it you know I wasn't that kind of mother that read a million books before giving birth and doing all these courses I kind of just went with the flow and I think I think I just maybe we all do but I feel I just had that natural motherly instinct and I'm very like easy I go with the flow I I'm super loving 
I am not a perfect mom at all. Like I'm so bad at cooking and there's so many things <laughs> I can't do, but I'm, I think I'm a good mom. You know, I just give them lots of love and we have mm. fun together. So, and I let them be themselves, Yeah, you know, which I think is important. So nice. What star sign are you? Sagittarius. Mm, it's about the same as my husband. Ooh. I knew it as you what were saying you? it. I was, I'm a Cancerian. Mm, wait, what, um, what, no, what date? So I'm July 16. July 16, yes. Yeah. So we're quite, we're not like compatible on the charts or whatever, but I don't believe that bullshit. <laughs> um, but because I'm water and he's fire, yeah. we have that nice good, exactly. balance because he's yeah. like big energy, spontaneous, yes. like just, we are so spontaneous. Yeah. whereas I'm like very grounded in the home, mm-hmm. like quite methodical, yeah. I'm very slow and calm and yeah. I take my time, mm-hmm. whereas he just rushes around trying to get oh, everything yes. done. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so we have that balance. Um, just two more questions mm-hmm. for you. I wondered if you could give, um, so the women listening I mean, we're all just, um, we're ambitious and we're creative and Mm -hmm. we're on this exploration of self and identity and, you know, we're trying to figure out like what's our purpose in this lifetime and how can we do something that's more in line with our energy and our creativity Mm -hmm. and it's what I keep hearing from all the feedback I'm getting. Yeah. What advice do you have for women listening about... um, I guess just getting on with it and realizing their dreams. I think sometimes we just stay in this holding pattern out of fear of failure maybe Mm -hmm. and maybe we don't have the funding or we don't know how to do it. Like you started something from your garage. Like I just wonder if you can tell us. I think my advice, you know, follow your dream but start small. You know, you don't. I didn't start it out with 15 stores and 80 employees, right? So you just got to start somewhere no matter where it is. If you want to start to study and do something, then do it nighttime so you can, you know, make money during the day or whatever it is. If you want to start a business, start small and then and take it slow so you don't take too big of a risk. But but I am, a, you know, I'm a Sagittarius and I do take risks. I just jump out in things and and shoot before I, you know, think. Um <laughs> But that's, you know, that's part of my success, I think. But also sometimes it can be good and it can be bad, right? But I always just like jumped into new things. And 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 I love, I just love that. I think it makes life exciting. And and I just want to advise women to to do it. Don't, don't stay because it's comfortable. Get a little bit uncomfortable. It's good to get uncomfortable and then finding your way in life, I think. Mm, no matter what advice. it is. Just jump in. <laughs> yes, yeah. do it. So um, as I've been explaining, offline is an exploration of self. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I started the podcast was to interview women like yourself, so mm-hmm. the women behind the Instagram accounts, about who they really are mm-hmm. outside of the big following and, you know, the blogger, the street star, yeah. the, you know, the founder of a business, mm-hmm. the mother, all of that. Yeah. So when you're sitting in what I call true self, yeah, without all those labels, mm-hmm. what comes up for you and how do you identify with that? Like, who are you when you're sitting in your true self? It's a very expansive question. It is. Let me think here. My true self. I'm, I try, well, I've, I'm very sensitive. I'm creative. I'm... Loving. I'm like, I'm so many things. I feel like 
I'm li- like I I try to be, I think I am true to myself the way I am living and of course maybe you don't see it all on Instagram right but the true self is just like a a searching person that just want to get better with everything I do in life and and just be creative and and explore the world. I don't know. Does that answer the question? It does. That's a really <laughs> beautiful answer. And it's so nice because like if you can identify that how you're living is actually in your true self, then yeah. that's the goal, I think, yeah. for everyone. So you're yeah. doing it. <laughs> Thank you for being on my podcast and making the time. I know so your great. schedule is packed. This was so nice. You had such a calm energy and it was like a nice hour just sitting here chatting. Thank you. With the phone on airplane mode. Exactly. No one can contact (laughs) you. Um, Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. <laughs>